Andrew Jackson. <laughs> One more time, nice and clear. Fuck Andrew Jackson. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is I going to be a perfect him. start to this the episode. Is... <laughs> this Hello, is the every... start. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. As always, I'm Megan. And I'm Jason. And I'm Chris. And today is going to be the start of our Black History Month podcast episodes. In our pursuit for rarely told history, we decided to dedicate the entire month to a group of people who have been hidden away from history. To help us with some of the episodes this month is our friend Chris. Chris is an actor and a playwright, and he is a huge fan of our first installment of People This Month, Malcolm X. Damn right. He's one of my favorite people ever. Now, I find it interesting in a very discouraging and sad way that Malcolm X was pretty hidden from my education. I didn't truly learn about him until high school when someone talked about him in a dramaturgy report of The Dutchman by Amiri Baraka. Mm -hmm. It's just another example of how the American education system is skewed for the white perspective. Yeah, because I remember back in middle school and we only heard him in passing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the day after Martin Luther King Day or before it or whatever the heck is going on. And we're told about Martin Luther King day it's like oh yeah martin luther king there was also another person who fought for civil rights he was malcolm x but then again he doesn't matter because we're talking about martin luther king so we only heard about malcolm x in passing and, and that's we, a that's such a discredit towards the man and when we did it was solely the fact that he was violent and, and he was seen king as like was not and he, he was, was seen as the radical. villain yeah, yeah and the right. villain yeah so let's get to know malcolm x a little bit better today so Malcolm X was born Malcolm Little on May 19, 1925. This makes him a Taurus in Omaha, Nebraska. His mother was a homemaker and his father, Earl Little, was a Baptist minister. Earl was a big supporter of the black nationalist leader Marcus Garvey, and thus he was heavily involved in civil rights activism. His involvement caused several death threats to be sent to their home and violence took place as well. At their home in Omaha, armed Ku Klux Klansmen rode out to their home and shattered all of their windows. Incidents like this prompted them to move twice before Malcolm turned four years old. In 1929, their home in Lansing, Michigan, was burned to the ground by members of the Black Legion, which is a splinter group of the KKK. Unfortunately, two years later, Earl Little was murdered, probably by white supremacist groups. Um, His body was found lying across the town's trolley tracks. I think the worst part of this is that his death was ruled as an accident. The official report saying that the streetcar hit him and he was mortally wounded, when that clearly was not the case. People think members of the Black Legion beat him and then placed him on the tracks to be run over. To this day, though, nobody knows for sure the true cause of death, even though we can speculate. But this wasn't the only relative he lost to violence. His uncle was also lynched by white men, and his grandmother was raped by a white man. Um, And this is why he had a lighter complexion. Mm. And red hair as well. He had red mm-hmm. hair? Yeah, he did. They called him Red. That was his early nickname in the 1920s. I did read that. I didn't know what that meant, though. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, also, the death of her husband hit Louise Little really hard. Uh, she had an emotional breakdown a few years later after his death and was committed to a mental institution. Her children were split up and put in various foster homes. And, I mean, you could say he had a tough childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I-, I can't even begin to imagine how he felt through all this. Um, so Malcolm was sent to a... Uh, juvenile detention center in Mason, Michigan, where he attended a nearly all-white junior high school. He was super intelligent and close to the top of his class academically. An English teacher told him that he would, that being a lawyer was not a, quote, realistic goal for a mm-hmm. N-word, yep. uh, which is disgusting. Disgusting. It's super fucked up. 
how an educator can just say that to a student. So he was enraged about this and decided to live with his sister in his half sister in Boston. Yeah, in um, 1946, Malcolm and his friend Malcolm, he had a friend named Malcolm, uh, they were arrested on burglary charges and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Now, Malcolm X was put on parole after seven years served. Um, He used his time there to educate himself, though. He would read all the history books he could. Slavery especially made a strong impression on him, and he even tried to memorize the dictionary. Quote, in every free moment I had, if I was not reading in the library, I was reading in my bunk. You couldn't have gotten me out of a book with a wedge, he said in his autobiography. He also talked about the Muslim religion with his brother, Reginald. These discussions piqued his curiosity, and he started to study uh, Elijah Muhammad's teachings, who was the leader of the Nation of Islam. Now, Elijah Muhammad taught that the white society actively worked to keep African Americans from empowering themselves, thereby blocking them from achieving political, economic, or social successes. Um, He also uh, believed... Yeah, go ahead. He also believed that um, the Christian religion was um, the white man's religion that was forced upon the slaves during the 1800s and and thus prior, and that the Muslim religion was the original black man's religion because it was uh, the prominent religion in Africa. So uh, this also helped uh, Malcolm to truly believe his um, uh, Muslim role. And um, his goal was to get African Americans to empower themselves and successfully gain the rights that they were promised. That makes sense. That's entirely fair. I mean you should have the rights that you were promised. Exactly. And if someone tries to take that away from you, eh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when Malcolm was paroled in 1952, he was a devoted follower and chose uh, his new last name as X. He considered little to be a slave name and X was put in place to signify the loss of his tribal name. Malcolm X was also appointed as a minister and national spokesperson for the nation of Islam. Elijah Muhammad asked him to establish mosques in places like Detroit, Michigan, and Harlem. He did this and more. He also wrote in newspaper columns. He spoke to the radio and television, spreading the Nation of Islam's message across the United States. He held rallies on the topic of civil rights and encouraged his followers to defend themselves when white people would try to harm them, unlike the message of Martin Luther King Jr., who taught instead civil disobedience. That's the big difference between Malcolm and king the civil disobedience versus the uh defending yourself because what i've learned from all of the very few things that i've learned about malcolm x is he's taught as the villain he's taught as the one who does violence they don't really see him as the guy who taught defending yourself Mm -hmm. he he was always taught as the one who fought Mm -hmm. not the one who fought back Mm -hmm. so Thank you, King, for doing what you do. But at the same time, not fighting back is not going to get anything done. If somebody smacks you, you're just going to take it? I mean, people yeah. were killed in rallies that like yeah. Mal- um, and King held. People were, like, water gun dogs were put on them. Like, they were harmed and sometimes killed, and, and they weren't allowed to fight back. And I feel like I understand his point of view, mm-hmm. and I respect it. But also, like, there's a time and a place, and there's a point in which... Yeah, that does does not work anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. I I agree. I mean, I honestly I believe that Malcolm was on a better path than King. Though King had better results, King was used as a pawn, in my opinion, because he was easier to control, and you know the government saw him as uh, someone who was you know helping the white man's agenda. 
because think about all these years and centuries of violence that that have been inflicted on a, a certain people mm-hmm. and to say that you know their best option and their best bet is to turn the other cheek though it is peaceful and though it is you know the the perfect thing to do whatever um how come x taught people to do what any person you know sane person would do which is defend themselves so you know i rep malcolm for that one so Malcolm X was actually very critical of King's nonviolent approach, saying that there was, quote, no such thing as a nonviolent revolution, which yeah, true. That's very spot on. So after going back and starting to do my editing, I saw and heard that I said some very inaccurate, st- I made inaccurate statements. So I am going to back up and put this in right now, saying that if you really think about the civil rights movement, it was a... It was also not completely nonviolent. White Southerners used quite a bit of violence, and it was just a big deal for them to not fight back. There's a lot of things that go on in the civil rights movement, and it was uh, Martin Luther King's viewpoint that was entirely nonviolent. That was what he was trying to teach. However, it was Malcolm X who had the fight and fight back mentality. I made some incorrect statements, so I'm here I am now fixing it so I don't give you any false information. Honestly, I don't even know much about what was going on with Malcolm X's life beforehand. Like, who the... Like, before he was... Uh, before he was Malcolm X. Yeah. Like, what was going on in his life? Because earlier we were talking about how uh, was his grandmother was raped. Like, yeah. that's new to me. Like, yeah. I've never heard of that. Like... What the, like, what's, yeah, what well, really set him off? Well, the thing is that people, with Malcolm X, people, see, people love Martin Luther King so much because he was nonviolent, and they hate Malcolm so much because he was violent, but they don't understand why Malcolm X geared toward the violent act. They don't know his history. They don't know why, you know, he would choose these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we explain it, you know, then, then people actually know. Would yeah. you uh, care to do that for us then, Chris? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Um, you know, well, for one, which we talked about, uh, his grandmother, you know, was raped by a white man, which is why Malcolm had red hair. I mean, he has to live with that rape his entire life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just something that's incomprehensible, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, his teacher had told him that, that, that his life goal, his life profession was not realistic because he was a black man. You know, and I'm saying this more gently than the, probably the teacher had said it. Um, his father was murdered by the Ku Klux Klan for for standing up for himself and being a man. I mean, the same way where his father's house was firebombed was the same way that his house was firebombed. Granted, it was two different organizations who did it, but but you see the 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 prolific use of hate and violence within his life. Mm. It only makes sense that he would turn towards this same sort of of violence to defend himself. To yeah free his family to to fight for who he is as a man i mean to me it only makes sense Mm -hmm. you know i can't blame him i can't villainize him i can only i can only sympathize and even agree you know it's only a miracle that he turned towards nonviolence and towards peace within the end of his life and only then he never had a chance to fulfill it because he was murdered shortly before his time but was there like any instances that he could like recall of White people doing anything good for him? Yes, there was actually this one time where um, this white lady at a university, uh, he wrote this in his autobiography, by the way, 
this white lady at a university came up to him and said, uh, Malcolm, you know, what can I do for the, the, the civil rights movement? What can I do to further help black people, you know, be recognized and respected in this country? And he looked her dead in the eyes and he said, nothing. There's nothing you can do, you know? And that mm -hmm. was because of the... Because of his series. because of his crazy history. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at it, I mean, what would you have said? You know, I, I would have said the same thing if I saw the, the perpetrator try to say, what can I do to help you? I'd have been like, there's not a damn thing you can do for me. You know, all you've done is hurt me. Yeah. And he was coming from a place of hurt, of course. Yeah. But I can't, you know, I can't villainize him because if you look at the history, I mean. Yeah, because if you look at the history, there's a lot of messed up things going on at the time. And the lady had her heart in the right place but when you look at everybody else it's a, it's a bit of a problem because not everyone really wanted to be helpful not everyone wanted to be a good person i mean normally you see someone not fighting back and then you feel like an idiot for raising your voice so much but in this case the mob mentality kicked in the and, supremacy kicked in and yeah. it's just like no we don't like what you're trying to do this isn't going to be happening and they tried to shut it down immediately. I mean, and is the fact that from the start of American history here, there was such racism instilled in, in the people that mm -hmm. they truly felt wrongfully that this other group of people, they weren't human. Yeah. They had dehumanized them in the same way Nazis had dehumanized the Jewish population. Yeah. And so they really, truly felt that they were in the right. Yeah. It's Which fucked up. Which is awful. Completely awful. If there was um, a Martin Luther King within the American Revolution or the Civil War, America would not exist. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. So clearly there was this controversy that surrounded him, as we were talking about, and the media took this and ran with it. The FBI also took notice of Malcolm X, and they actually had FBI agents infiltrate the Nation of Islam. One of these undercover agents was actually Malcolm X's own bodyguard. Well, damn. Now, the FBI placed bugs, cameras, and surveillance equipment to monitor their activities as well. Yeah, but there was a decline in Malcolm's presence in the Nations of Islam. In 1963, he learned that Elijah Muhammad was having affairs with at least six different women in the organization. Mm. And uh, Elijah got some of these women pregnant as well. And they were younger Oh, girls. yeah. Some of them were even, like, in their teens. Oh. Well, Fuck. Oh yeah, <laughs> Elijah. Whew, he was a he was a freak. Um, but you know this was a huge deal, uh, especially to Malcolm because Malcolm had done everything that Elijah Muhammad taught him. I mean, he stayed a virgin until he was married. Even in his autobiography, Malcolm X stated that he would die in the name of Elijah Muhammad easily. And it's like your whole idea of someone is just shattered before your eyes, especially a hero. Right. But then Elijah Muhammad asked Malcolm to help cover up these affairs mm. and those children. Mm. But Malcolm X, he, he, stood, he stood ten toes down. He said, you know, I'm not going to help you do this. I believe in the Muslim religion and what it says. And, you know, even if you're my leader, I'm not going to help you cover up these, these, you know, sins and lies and blasphemies. So after discovering this uh, blow... Um, he uh, got a lot of pushback because of the comments that he made, especially comments he made um, after Kennedy's assassination where he said, Kennedy never foresaw that the chickens would come home to roost so soon. Uh, comments like this caused Elijah Muhammad to actually silence Malcolm X for 90 days. And not long after this comment in March of 1964, Malcolm X ended his relationship with the Nation of Islam and founded his own organization, the Muslim Mosque Incorporated. He also went on a pilgrimage to Mecca where he changed his whole perspective. It was there that he found he could actually be friends with white people and that he hoped that integration, successful integration, was possible in the future. 
Now, he spoke his message to all races and all people, and he spoke that peace was possible. Yes, and uh, after the pilgrimage, he changed his name to Al-Haj Malik El-Shabazz. Al-Haj meaning the pilgrimage, Malik meaning king, and El-Shabazz meaning glorious people, which uh, Shabazz is now his family's legal last name. Um, so now, this is when the Nation of Islam became very, very violent towards Malcolm. Mm. Uh, the FBI informants uh, placed in the Nation of Islam warned people that Malcolm had been marked for an assassination. One of these undercover FBI agents had actually been ordered to help plant a bomb in Malcolm's car. This was just one of many attempts on his life. I mean, another one was his, uh, his house in East Elmshurst. It, it was firebombed, but luckily his family had escaped without any injury. Uh, one week later, the assassins were, unfortunately, they were successful uh, when Malcolm was at a rally in uh, Manhattan's Audubon Ballroom on the 21st of February in 1965. Three gunmen had rushed Malcolm on the stage in front of his wife and in front of his daughters um, and shot him 15 times at close range, and he was pronounced dead on arrival. But the response to his death was also incredibly moving as well. 1,500 people showed up to his funeral, and after the ceremony, friends took the shovels from the gravediggers and buried Malcolm himself. Uh, the assassin Talmadge Hare, Norman 3X Butler, and Thomas 15X Johnson, they were convicted on charges of first-degree murder. All three of these men were a part of the Nation of Islam. Now, here's a little interesting part about the aftermath of all of this. Mm. So, um, after his death, uh, Louis Farrakhan, a prominent Muslim leader, was set to replace Malcolm. Actually, even before his death, Louis Farrakhan was set to replace Malcolm. Um, in a newsletter that the Nation of Islam um, posted, um, Louis Farrakhan wrote in a passage that uh, Malcolm's words, especially relating to Kennedy and relating to, especially relating to Elijah Muhammad's um, affairs, mm -hmm. said that these words were worthy of death, oh, prompting shit. many people within the nation shit. to look at Malcolm X as a threat and try to assassinate him. Um, so when it was successful, Louis Farrakhan um, was you know, the new Malcolm, quote-unquote. If you look at videos of him online, he even sounds a little bit like Malcolm X. Um, years later, in the 1990s, when his daughters had grown up, um, them and Betty Shabazz had accused him of being a huge conspirator um, when it comes to the death of Malcolm X. And in a televised interview, one uh, his eldest daughter um, had came face-to-face -face with Louis Farrakhan and said to him, you know, I believe that you are the one who is responsible for my father being killed. And though he denied it many years, he denied it. He said, I had no doing in it. He said, if my words I said in the newsletter had caused him to die, then I would take full responsibility for it. Um, but then that, you know, that wasn't enough for her. I mean, you know, her father, you can't take that back. Her father's dead. Mm -hmm. So a year later in 1995, um, the, that same daughter was charged with the attempted um, murder of Louis Farrakhan. Um, this was such a huge conspiracy that Farrakhan even threatened Spike Lee to take scenes of him out of Spike Lee's movie, Malcolm X. Shameless plug, you guys should watch uh, Malcolm X by Spike Lee. Um, <laughs> take that out of the movie, you know, or, you know, consequences would prevail. Um, even today, um, such as interviews um, like Nuri Muhammad in the Breakfast Club interview, um, the, the Nation of Incl the Nation of Islam strongly, strongly denies having any responsibility uh, of Malcolm X's death and blames the government. And they cite things like Martin Luther King's death and the Black Panthers, um, all of their deaths and stuff like that. And they blame the government. Um, but there is such 
and a huge, immense amount of evidence against them that, you know, you can't just turn a blind eye. So that's uh, that's a quite the aftermath. Well, damn. Fuck Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> You've been called out on Fast Pass. Oh, can we cancel him? Cancel. We're canceling Elijah Muhammad, even though he's dead, but Can- we're canceling him. <laughs> Great. This is uh, quite a few people we've canceled on Fast Pass. And the rest is history. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much to our friend Chris for joining us on this episode. He'll actually be back later on this month to talk about the creation of gangs in America, so stay tuned for that. If you want to request any future episodes, you can do that by emailing us at fastpasspodcast at gmail.com, or you can come follow us on Twitter. I do a historical meme of the day now. I'm trying to keep up with that. It is at fastpass1. You can either DM us for requests, or you can just at me. And if you want any of these sources for this episode, feel free to either DM us or email us as well. Yeah. So, Chris, thank you for coming on. And uh, mm-hmm. where can people find you if you want them to find you? <laughs> Slash, what are you up to? What's, what's going on? Well, if you want to find me, the best way you can find me is through my Instagram. You can follow me at Chris Grant, the actor. Pretty self-explanatory of what I do. Um, and also, shameless plug... I uh, I wrote a play about Black Wall Street. It's a black history play. Hey. Um, so if you want to know more updates about that, you'll have to follow me on Instagram at Chris Grant the Actor, and um, and yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, until next time, uh, bye bye. <laughs> the reason why the Black Lives Matter movement is being looked at as a terrorist organization is because black people are fighting against themselves. Oh, are fighting <laughs> are fighting to actually, you know, have respect, which is why the Black Lives Matter movement is being looked at as a terrorist organization, which in reality it's not. It's actually a lighter, way lighter um, representation of the civil rights movement. Mm. Um, But people love Martin Luther King because, in my opinion, I I speak for no one else but myself, is because he was a pawn. He was a fucking pawn that he that people could control and that white people could could use to 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 teach black people that when a white person acts violently against you, you do nothing. You mm-hmm. act in cowardice. And in my opinion, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, because any person, if they're smacked in the face, should defend themselves. Yeah. In my opinion. But we were discussing before that, like for his big thing his march on selma he wasn't there the first day and john lewis was there and he got beaten and he got hit in the head and he has a, a dent in his head from that yeah and i feel He's like lucky to be alive yeah, yeah. I, I feel like malcolm x would have been that kind of person to be like there with them the whole ass time yeah. malcolm but x would have had the assault rifle i was gonna say he wouldn't have peacefully walked across a bridge where hell he knew they were no. gonna get killed hell no or assaulted i mean i mean malcolm x's approach Throughout history was unsuccessful. I mean, look at Nat Turner, look at John mm. Brown. Those approaches were obviously you're outnumbered. You're not going to win. If 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 America would have went with Malcolm X's approach, mo- pff, most likely every black person in America would have been killed or thrown in jail because that's just you're outnumbered. However, I agree with his approach because it it, it taught us to you know, be people and to look at ourselves like people and to do it the American way, quote unquote, which is what the Civil War was about, which uh-huh. is what the American Revolution was about, mm-hmm. which is what every war is about, defending yourself and not turning the other cheek. Sorry. Damn, spit some truth. Damn, that's deep. That is deep. <laughs> <laughs>